0: Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindsets thought processes and what it is like to be a woman who these business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Happy Monday, She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I'm excited you guys are joining us this week again. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. We're excited to have you. This week's episode we're launching is number 57, and we have Miss Sonia Thompson, who is a successful business coach that helps entrepreneurs build their businesses step by step. And ever since her teens, she had always wanted to have her own business. After graduating business school, she worked at Johnson & Johnson for nine years. And during that time, she became frustrated with small businesses and realized the need for a business coach. This led to her departure from corporate America to fill the much-needed position as a business coach for entrepreneurs to build their dreams, and she does that with her own company, Try Business School. Another part of the interview that I love with Sonia is one of her quotes, and it was, the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is dealing with your mind. It's a daily battle. And I could not agree more. And for those of you listening who are business owners, you know that a lot of the internal dialogue in your head plays a massive role in overall business. And it's important for us to be cognizant and to know how to work through our mind because it is quite powerful. So without further ado, up next, Sonia Thompson, Surviving Entrepreneurship. Today, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about three different topics. One, we're going to hit on uh, leaving corporate America. Two, building a business from abroad. And three, what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur? And no better person to do that than Sonia Thompson. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Amanda. It's great great to be here.
0: Absolutely. Well, before we dive in, tell our listeners what it is that you do.
1: Okay, um, I am a business coach, and I help entrepreneurs, um, both b- entrepreneurs who have a business already, um, and those who are dreaming of starting their business but haven't yet made the leap. I help them build their dream business step by step because a lot of people know what they want to do, but they're not really sure of how to get to point from point A to point Z. So I give them all the B, C, D, E, F in between. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. Fabulous. Well, how did you give us a little background about how you got to doing that?
1: Sure. Um, so I've always wanted to have my own business, I think from the time that I was like an early teen. Um, so I always I wanted to have my own advertising agency. But then I went off to college and um, in college generally, well, at least whenever I was in school, uh, they teach you how to be a great employee. And the focus is on, on getting <laughs> a great job, not necessarily building and running your own business. So that kind of got put on the back burner. And um, Then after I finished business school and I went to work, I remember being a customer of a lot of small businesses and being frustrated. Um, They had these great businesses, great products, great services, but a lot of these entrepreneurs really didn't understand the business part of running a business. So as a customer, it was quite frustrating. Yeah, I remember thinking. Yeah, well, I just remember thinking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh,
0: no, no, no. You're fine. Um, I was going to ask you what were and you'll probably get to this. But uh, what were some of the things that you found being a customer to these entrepreneurs and the opportunities and the holes that they they had in their business about running it?
1: So one of them was a salon, um, and she had this great product that she made, and it was just beautiful. But um, in terms of scheduling, um, being on time, like just customer service, basic customer service things. So, you know, I everybody values their time, but, you know, I just didn't enjoy spending all day on a Saturday mm. <laughs> sitting in the salon um, because you, you didn't book your time properly. Um, or you booked it that way intentionally. So not only could I not leave because I've got half of my hair done, <laughs> but you know, like you're just sort of stuck there. Um, and you know, the salon owner gets all the benefit and we just kind of have to take it if we want to get our hair done there. Um, and you know, I did it for a little while and then I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so that was one of the experiences where it was just the customer from the customer service aspect. Of it, they were just lacking greatly. Um, So that was one. So, yeah, I just remember thinking, well, hey, if these entrepreneurs and these business owners only knew, um, you know, the marketing principles, the business principles that I learned while I was in business school. The principles that we apply on a day to day basis. Um, I was working at Johnson and Johnson at the time. They would be, they would be killing it with their businesses. They would be doing so well, and their customers wouldn't have these negative experiences. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you know, I know that it's it wasn't realistic for many of those people to be going back to business school and to invest the thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get this education. But they just needed to have some of this information and make some of these small tweaks and it can make a really big difference. So I wanted to be the one to help them be able to do that.
0: Very cool. So, so um, you've developed the tri business school, which, uh-huh. and just to correct me if I'm wrong, but you, cause you worked at Johnson and Johnson for about nine years through that. You really saw these holes that entrepreneurs were missing around customer service, marketing, and all the things that you learned in school. So you thought, Hey, why not build this program for entrepreneurs to go through to learn some of the basics that they need to make sure that they have in place in order to be a successful business?
1: Right, right. So um, I, I had the basic idea through, you know, sort of identifying this need and being frustrated and then decided to, okay, I'm gonna, if I'm going to do something about it, let me go ahead. Um, and what I started to do, the way I first started to address it was I wrote a book. I wrote a business book. Um, it's called The Light Inside Um, How to build, manage, and um, grow a business um, that keeps your customers coming back for more. Um, And it basically just had it covered all the principles from strategy, marketing, and customer delight. All the key elements that I thought entrepreneurs needed um, to be able to grow their business.
0: Very exciting. So then how long did it take you to build the business school, the Tri-Business School itself from idea to actually implementing and building it and then getting customers in your own business.
1: Sure. Um, So the idea um, that began, like I said, when I was at Johnson and Johnson and I started with that book. So it actually took me three years to write the book. Um, And it took three years because of course I was doing it on the nights and weekends. And then also like I I wasn't writing. (laughs) Um, I never considered myself a writer. Um, So now I had to figure out how to do it. So it took me actually a year to write the first chapter.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know Um, what? You you wrote a book and that's massive kudos because... I think there's this random statistic that, I don't know, 90% of people want to write a book, but then very small percentage actually end up doing it. So that's huge. That's awesome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, So once I actually finished it and got it in in good shape, um, that's when I quit my job. Um, And that's, you know, sort of the milestone that I needed to say that, okay, yeah, you're ready to move forward. You have a viable enough idea and you have a framework um, with which to be able to help clients with So I quit my job in June, and then I started to do crazy things like I sold my house, (laughs) Um, and I bought a new condo. I downsized. I was living right outside of Philly in the suburbs, so once I quit my job, I was like, oh, there's no need to be in the suburbs anymore, and I downsized, and I moved into, into downtown Philly. Um, so not the smartest thing to do at right. As you're launching a business, but,
0: um, <laughs> and you said time. in June, was that this past June, June, 2015, um, it was June, 2012, 12. Okay. Yeah.
1: June, 2012. So, um, I actually officially launched the business with a, um, like a live event on in November and I got my first client um, in October, um, right before the launch event. So yeah, oh, it gosh. just kind of. Once I started, I made a transition, I kind of let make people know um what I was doing. And uh, that's it's to connect from there.
0: Very cool. Well, let's let's talk about a little bit we said leaving corporate America. I mean, after being in corporate America for 9 years, what did what was your biggest takeaway from that transition for you leaving Johnson and Johnson and then going out on your own?
1: I guess the biggest takeaway was it probably should have happened, could have happened a whole lot sooner um, and that you probably will never, ever feel ready or have the right time to move to, and to leave. Um, and, and so I stayed for nine years, but I knew within year one that corporate America wasn't for me. Um, so with all those, um, experiences, you know, going with the small business owners and being a little frustrated and wanting to help them, that happened in year one as well. So (laughs) I had a very clear business idea, but then I kept saying, oh, well, I'll wait until I get promoted, um, to manager. And then it was, oh, I'll wait until I get an office. And then I got an office and then it was, oh, I'll wait till I get promoted to director. And I just kept moving my um, things that I felt like I wanted to accomplish in corporate America, and then you know all of a sudden I've been there for nine years. Um, <laughs> like, holy moly! <laughs> right, right. And you know, you they you get these carrots sort of dangled in front of you, and you keep going, and you, because you think you might want them, and you think that you need to learn more. But you really don't because Mm -hmm. the skills and things that you learn in corporate America are great and they're fabulous and I use them today, but... There are skills that you need to be an entrepreneur that you cannot learn until you become an entrepreneur and actively start doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that extra time in corporate America was beneficial. It helped me bank um, additional capital uh, that I was able to use as I was building and growing my business. But honestly, it didn't necessarily give me more skills that I needed. So go ahead, yeah. Well, so
0: you had mentioned what would be two top two skills that you cannot learn in corporate America that you do that you didn't learn until you got out on your own?
1: It's more of just figuring out, okay, so for me, for instance, um, uh, as a marketer, we had agencies um, do a lot of our work for us. So I did a lot of directing, a lot of coaching, a lot of things like that. Now, as an entrepreneur, I needed to go out. I was my own agency. So, you know, when it came time to start blogging or whenever it came time to, you know, um, do other things on the web as part of my lead generation, Mm -hmm. I had experience with the strategy of it. But now I had to learn how to do it. Whereas in corporate America, I was paying people to do it and paying people to do it um, and giving them direction on how they should execute is very different from rolling (laughs) up your sleeves and doing it yourself. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh, yes. That's where the whole, everyone, I know it's cliche, but like, oh, you wear so many hats. No, you literally do. And you have to execute on all those things, so. Right,
1: right. And you you can't assume, even if you're gonna get help and have people help you, you have to know enough to know what you're getting help in and what you need to do for you and even um, why you need certain capabilities. Now, for, for example, um, I came out and I got my website built and my focus whenever I got my website built was functionality um, and also overall how it looked um, because I had a specific design, and of course, like I said, coming from corporate America and the marketing department having these agencies the way things looked in, in their, their user, um, user design was important to me, but whenever it comes to doing that for yourself, it costs totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will focus more so on the front end without fully understanding everything I needed to know about the back end. Um, because you know, Coding, um, um, all these other kind of things wow. are not my language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I learned over time, for instance, so my first website, I, my designers built it for me from the ground up based on my direction, but they built it using their own system. And then later on I learned, oh, there's all these different things that I want to do. Um, and because I, the way I had my website built with them building it custom for me, there were certain plugins that I couldn't use because it wasn't on WordPress. Um, you know, so then I started to learn more about WordPress and you know why it's beneficial, and you can still make things all custom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then now I had to switch gears for the designers, and we had to rebuild the site in WordPress. Oh my gosh! Um, but because I didn't fully have an appreciation of what um, some of the back end things were to give them the direction or to know why it was important for me to be on one platform versus another. I wasn't worried about that. I was like, oh, does it look pretty? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Are the aesthetics, like, are they good? Do they look good? But yeah, no, that's, that's great. And that's so true. So let's, so you left corporate America, you started your business. Let's talk about transitioning into the second topic about building a business from abroad. Because I know you spend time, a good amount of time in South America. What, tell us about that.
1: Sure. Um, so I remember whenever, one of the th- reasons why I wanted to leave corporate America is so I just felt like it was conducive to the lifestyle that I wanted to live. Um, and whether that meant like having a family eventually and wanting to spend as much time with them or being, or wanting to travel and you have such limited vacation time during the year. And, you know, you're only able to take, you know, certain kind of trips. Maybe you're able to get a two-week vacation and go someplace and spend some time. So whenever I, as I was building my business, I wanted to make sure that I built one that allowed the flexibility for me to be able to work from anywhere um, so that I could have that freedom to travel and so that I could, you know, operate my business wherever I wanted and not have it miss a beat. Um, My customers don't have to know where I am unless I tell them. Um, And and, (laughs) But, like, me being in another country doesn't impact them in any way. Um, So whenever I I built my business that way, just to be sort of um, allowed that flexibility for me, I then had to decide to take advantage of that opportunity. So um, last year I went to South America and traveled through four countries um, for about two months and then ended up squatting in Buenos Aires for about five weeks Sounds and, um, absolutely
0: terrible. It, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, it was wonderful. And then I went back again um, for for two months earlier this year. And I recently just got back from another three-month stint. Oh and in gosh. a couple of months, I'll be going back for a couple of months as well. And the cool thing is, um, you know, basically because the way I go, um, I'm able to immerse myself in the culture. I rent an apartment. I rent it through Airbnb. And, um, I work all day and then I work all day, like, you know, I'm working here in the U S in Florida. And then at night I get to go out and explore the city and dance tango. And on the weekends I get to do sightseeing and, you know, hang out with the people that I meet. So oh I become a local while I'm there. And because that's, because I have, am able to spend time and I don't feel like I have to spend all my days trying to hurry up and see all the sites because I'm there for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's helpful because, again, like, you know, I I shoot videos. I do my podcast. So I just take my mic with me. I have, like, a portable little video studio with all my equipment fits in a suitcase. Um, So, you know, everything that I do, I make sure that it's set up to where I can still do all the things that I need to do. Um, and it helps me because I'm able to expand my horizons. So as I work with my clients, as I work with different people and helping them figure out how to problem solve in their business, because I am in sort of these uncomfortable situations, you know, outside of my comfort zone in another country, learning another language, it helps me to expand the way I think, which in turn helps me help my clients expand the way they think and problem solve as well. Mm -hmm
0: that's that is so inspiring though to hear that and just it gives you motivation and fuel to reach that where you can have that laptop business and be anywhere that you want and still do it so that's fantastic so let's let's transition into the last piece which is what is the hard the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and I know you have an upcoming virtual conference that I want you to share because I think it's a fantastic idea so tell us what you believe is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and tell us about the upcoming virtual conference.
1: Sure. Um, so the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is dealing with your mind. Oh, <laughs> I say, yes. I, It's a daily battle. Um, I I did an interview with a guy uh, a couple months ago, and he said, starting a business is like going to war. (laughs) But um, what he didn't say is that that war is really in your head, Um, (laughs) so whether it's, you know, overcoming imposter syndrome or getting over your own self-doubt and confidence issues or trying to get over being a perfectionist or maybe it's even organizing your day um, to establish good habits and being good time management and you know getting over a feel of fear of selling yourself all these things start with a conversation that you have in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and there are a number of issues many of these mindset barriers myself um, and then, after I, every time I see whether it's my friends or, you know, some of the clients that I work with, everybody goes through these mindset um, issues. But the, th- the challenge is that so few people talk about them. Um, you know, or maybe they'll talk about them in private conversations and closed doors, you know, about, Oh man, like, you know, sometimes I just feel like a fraud, you know, that whole imposter syndrome thing or that feeling of being overwhelmed and not sure of how to get things done or feeling like you're not focused and you're just trying to chase all these shiny objects. Um, So with my virtual conference, it's called Entrepreneur Survival Summit, and it's all about helping entrepreneurs overcome those mental barriers that limit their success Mm. thriving business so they can live the good life that they'd imagine that entrepreneurship will enable them to live. And so they can change the world because anytime you run a business, you have the ability to impact the world in a positive way. Um, But you can't do that if you're stuck in your head.
0: (laughs) With this virtual event, what does that even look like for people, for listeners who aren't familiar with how virtual events work or what they look like?
1: Sure. So um, there's a couple of ways you can do it, but the way I'm structuring this one is it's a free conference. It's free. It's online. You don't have to travel. You don't have to go anywhere. um, And it will happen over a two week time period. So I've got um, 30 plus speakers and we're going to cover um, topics. um, So I broke them down into four different areas. The way you think about yourself, the way you think about your work, the way you think about your business, and then the way you approach yourself, your well-being, because um, you know things like managing stress, giving attention to your body, um, how you focus in meditation, how, what you put in your body, you're eating, all those things impact your effectiveness as an entrepreneur, even though we don't think that they do. <laughs> um, so those, we're going to cover topics in four areas. I've got key experts on all these topics. Um And we've recorded the videos, and then there'll be about four videos that go live each day over a two-week period. Um, And again, all these are free, and if if you have time to watch the videos for about three days before they go behind a vault, um, but if you want access to all the videos and a workbook, so you know exactly what your next steps should be, um, then there's a package where you can access all those for a small fee.
0: Super exciting! I'm I'm pumped for it. And any anything else? Last words that you want to share with our audience that comes to mind.
1: I would just say be persistent, Um, be consistent and relentless in your learning. Um, You can figure anything out. You just have to be determined enough to do it. And then make sure you do it your way. Like There's going to be a number of people who will recommend that you follow a specific blueprint or path. And while you should follow best practices and learn about the best practices, you still have to do it in a way that feels right to you. It's your business. Um, So um, you're because you're not trying to be a clone of somebody else. You're trying to take the principles and then figure out what works best for you and the people that you're serving. And whenever you do it that way, you'll be able to build a business that's right for you and it's right for the people that you are uniquely suited to serve.
0: Love it. L- love it. Uh, last question too, is any book that you've, any book that you've read that you highly recommend for our listeners to read?
1: Um, I would say, um, I've got two books if that's okay. Oh, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> the first one would be many habits, um, because habits are essential to building a, a sustainable and thriving business. Um, many habits by Stephen guys, and it goes through. Um, the how and why of establishing habits that will stick. Um, and then the other one is the one thing by, um, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. And, um, book. they are all about focus. Both of these guys are guests on the conference as well. So
0: stop it. Yeah, (laughs) that is awesome. I just finished that book. It's a great book. It's a fabulous book. Focus and productivity. So, well, Sonia, thank you so much for coming on the show and your information. And we I'm grateful and I know our listeners are as well. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out she SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.